Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirited Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black dude. This bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. I said, didn't I tell your punk ass boy he couldn't handle goddamn cookies? Are you listening when I tell the faggot he couldn't handle? And I'm telling your short ass he can't handle goddamn cookies. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jay Cat Morris. Doing something a little different tonight. Usually, I, you know, I review all the CZW shows. I figure, uh, what better than to have former competitor of the Cage of Deaths, uh, former CZW World Heavyweight Champion, Sozio, join me to review the Cage of Deaths. What's going on, man? Hey, buddy, man. How you making out? Good, good. How's uh, post-wrestling life? Uh, it's, it's, it's taking some adjusting, man. I'll be honest. Uh, you know, everybody has their way of adjusting, but fortunately for me, you know, I have a lot of other good things going on in my life to keep me busy and, and focused, you know what I mean? So it's, it's taken away from the fact that, oh man, I'm not wrestling anymore. I want to be out there. You know, what, what little fame I had, you know, uh, you know, trying to let go of that sort of stuff, but it's been going really good, man. My girlfriend's yeah. good. Little Nico, little Nico's great. Being a dad is great. Uh, you know, money's tight, but it's all worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah, 
Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, I'm <laughs> sure wrestling wasn't going to make money any better, so, you know. No, no. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, I'm sure you've probably seen my little farewell speech, but that's that's kind of like what I was talking about when I said, like, you know, there was things I was tired of as far as professional wrestling goes. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, if, if you're not a big buzz indie guy or, you know, you're not under contract, you're not making a lot of money, man. And, you know, to a degree, you're paying to be a part of this, you know, and it's just not, it's not a sacrifice that I could personally make anymore, you know, and I'm sure you right. being a family man, you being a family man can totally relate to that. <clears throat> yeah, oh, absolutely. At this point in my life, it's hard to be a wrestling fan. <laughs> so I can only yeah, imagine. Yeah, right. right. You know, <laughs> Actually, that, that's you know, at least a, that's, yeah, that's at least a 30 or $40 investment, you know. I mean, going to a wrestling show most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's rough. I mean, as far as the attending thing, it's, I've just I've just grown tired of it. The, the, the general scene, the, the live experience just isn't for me anymore. The general group of people are, are just the people I don't want to be around. So, yeah, man. I mean, it's tough. The, the fans in our area are, are tough to deal with. You know what I mean? Whether it's because they're really strict or they're really obnoxious or, you know, really opinionated or whatever it is, you know, it, they're tough to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, Cage of Death, uh, 18 this was, which is crazy, because, I mean, the first one that I went to was, um, I, I skipped three, even though I was going before three, but I never really jumped on board as far as, like, hey, we're going to this different state next month, like, ah, you know, I'll catch you next time, so it took me until, you know, February 2002 to start going to Philly, so I skipped the uh, yeah. Cage of Death three. First one I went to was I four, think- and it's 18. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that was in Philly, too. I think the first one I was actually at was three, uh, but that was just as a spectator. Like, uh, that was right. December 2001, and I yeah, I went to that one, and then I think by Cage of Death 5, I was on the show. So that, that was kind of weird. Right. Yeah, you know, a weird time. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, But, yeah, 18, uh, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of quick. Almost Oh my God! Did it? Yeah, it flew by. You know what I mean? Uh, back yeah. then, when, you know, when I was just getting into it, I never thought I'd be at this point already. You know what I mean? Like 13 years later, talking talking about Cage of Death 18 as somebody who was in the Cage of Death World Champion and now retired from wrestling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where, <laughs> right. Where does the time? Yeah. Where does the time go? You know. Yeah, so I guess let's just get right into it. Um, I, you know, it wasn't yeah, an eye pay per view. Sure. They're having some issues over there where you know they're not they don't have eye pay per views at this point. But uh, I think that's supposed to change sometime soon. <laughs> Something with the uh, renovations of the building is going to change. Yeah, things. Uh, yeah. So yeah, um, I, I don't I don't know how that affects being able to put on an eye pay per view. Maybe they're just not equipped right now for any sort of web streaming, like the building. You know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. the internet's down there. Like I, I don't understand how that works. No, me neither. Um, I, from what I saw, they had a huge house. They had probably about fifteen hundred people minimum. Um, so I guess you know to a certain extent that's all that really matters to DJ. I mean, you pack the house Absolutely. and head to Florida. So you know. <laughs> yeah, you sure did. You sure did. <laughs> 
he's Mickey Mouse bound before he gives a shit about the eye bakery. So, you know, what can you do? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, his old lady had, had that trip booked probably before they left last time. So, you know, oh, yeah. there's no way he could have met – there was no way he was going to mess that up. Sure. Yeah, so let's – uh. I'll uh, kick it off with uh, Captain Dave telling us what the first match was, and then we'll get in. <laughs> Gabe Chris defeated Alexander James. Um, A.R. Fox, Jimmy Lloyd, Jim Dunst, Tony Deppin, and Zachary Wentz. <laughs> All right. So we, so we got this uh, big scramble match. Lots of guys in it. Tons of talent. And then there's Jimmy Lloyd. Um, I, uh, I don't. I'm, I'm just – I'm not a fan, um, and I know he's young. Like, he's got tons of time to improve <laughs> and do things and everything else. But he just – he looks like absolute shit. I mean, he, he's so fat, and at the, at this moment right now, I guess he knows enough guys personally that they're giving him a pass, and the fans are really into this. Right. Um, Danny DeMano's booking yeah. this guy in death matches left and right. I, I just – yeah. It, yeah. You know, and his entrance to this match was he wasn't even booked in the match, and he storms the ring making demands to be in the match. Yeah. Two seconds and, ago, and then they just student. And then they just did it. Right, yeah. And then, like, he, you know, Maven was like, okay, let's do it. Or did did he go to the crowd <laughs> or something? Did he did he ask somebody else? I, I think I heard him say something like, I don't make the rules. They make the rules. What do you guys think? Or something like that. But my, yeah. stream, my stream skipped or something, so I don't know what the hell happened. But uh, yeah, I thought it was kind of dumb. I thought it was kind of dumb personally that he, you know, they made this big deal. They let him do a promo. He enters himself in the scramble, and then loses the match. Like he takes the pin. You know what I mean? Now, and that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean he had to win, but it maybe should at least come down to him and the winner. I mean, in this case, it did. But I, I mean, something uh, a little bit more competitive, back and forth, where it looks like he's really going to win it and then just barely loses instead of takes Dave Christ, uh finish at the end of a series of finishes, you know, just for mm-hmm. flash and pizzazz. You know what I mean? And that's just me being a stickler about, like, booking and psychology and things like that. Yeah. I'm not really sure um, – because another – wacky thing about this match is um AR Fox's wife. I'm I'm not really positive why she's there or yeah like what purpose is supposed to serve or I, I don't know if they actually pay her. I can't imagine. Um but yeah at some point she's holding someone like a grown man in the corner on a chair. Yeah. And she's holding yeah. them with their yeah. fingertips <laughs> like she's taping a Christmas card to the <laughs> to the living room wall or something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and he just stays yeah. there. Like there's no way he can get up with her fingers on him. I just I'm not yeah. really sure what the purpose of that is. I mean, Fox is tremendously talented, and uh, oh, I, I don't know what I don't know what the purpose of that is. Okay, it's nitpicking, yeah. but yeah, okay. I, I you I know, know it's it's weird to say like because I'm I'm fussy about that kind of stuff too. Like I I think there still needs to be some some realism in wrestling. You know what I mean? Obviously, mm-hmm. sometimes ridiculous things are done and and it gets over you know things like joey ryan's dick spot and all this and that like you know or or that clip from pwg where they're all sticking their thumbs up their asses you know what i'm talking about that spot yeah it, it, yeah, has, uh-huh. it has jushin liger and like they're all yeah, sticking their thumbs in each other and it's like okay like you know every now and again stupid shit like that's funny but i don't know that's just that's just my thought 
Yeah, I I mean the the gay stuff in wrestling to me is is so far overboard at this point. Um, like you know, guys with gay gimmicks, <clears> like the Christopher <throat> Street connection back in the day would, yeah. they wouldn't even seem different if if all of this stuff was going on. That you know, like they have the fellow twins now. They're not really even that far out of place because everyone's doing gay shit. Yeah, oh, it's, and it's yeah, it's just not it's it's oversaturated. Like, and and once once anything kind of gets overdone, it's you know it gets tired. But I mean, I guess if you're if you can pull it off and you can do it well, it might it might still work. But for the most part, everybody's doing a pretty lousy job of it. Yeah, um, beyond the the actual you know in ring gay grabbing each other dick spots, um, the other thing that I I would just blatantly label as gay is is the fact that everyone has to like profess their love for the guy that they're wrestling every minute before they wrestle them and um sure that, that's and, been like and, such a consistent thing yeah and that, it's pretty disturbing but let's just for both of our sakes uh acknowledge that i mean me personally there's nothing wrong with being gay outside of uh, you know, I mean, for whatever reason, <laughs> I mean, I'm just right. Not that no, there's anything I don't have wrong with that. Like, you know, the <laughs> whole famous Seinfeld episode. Not that there's anything <laughs> right. wrong with that. Uh, right. But I guess, I guess, let's exchange the word "gay" for uh, the, the the degree with which uh, their guys are overly loving to each other before, during, and after what is supposed to be a heated bout. Uh, of athleticism and rivalry, you know, and it's, it, it does get to be pretty sickening. And, you know, I'm somebody that's guilty of it from time to time. Like, you know, I can't say that I'm not, mm-hmm. but yeah. like nine times out of nine times out of 10, you could be sure that somebody I'm taking a, a picture with or, or, you know, a selfie with or whatever is somebody that I really, really like, you know what I mean? And it's not just some right. worker bull, bullshit political Oh man, I just happened to be near Ricochet. Better take a picture with him so everybody knows that that's the kind of guy I associate with. And even though right. I'm not on his fucking level, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I hate. I, I absolutely hate it. You know what I mean? I just hate it. Yeah. Yeah. But if you have and, and as far as they the, don't care. Yeah. I'm sorry. As far as the, you know, the gay thing. The thing is, is like I don't, you know, I don't have any problem with gay people. I, I really don't. Sure. Um, sure. I know you didn't mean it that way. I think they should be allowed to be married. I don't think there's anything they should, you know, they should be no, held back or not. discriminated against whatsoever. Having said that, I don't plan on attending like a, a gay pride parade anytime in my lifetime. It's not my scene, <laughs> you know. No, so when no, professional wrestling <laughs> turns into that, it's a little uncomfortable. Yes. You know, I mean, there's something for everyone. It. Sure. <laughs> some sure. of it's not for me. It's it. <laughs> a very good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, you know, that was that match. Uh Dave Chris gets the win. Um I mean oh, there's so yeah, many guys. Overall the match was alright. I'm sorry, what were you yeah, saying? Yeah, it was it was an alright match, but so many guys in there it really didn't leave many people with any direction. It was more or less you give Dave Dave Chris the rub, but you know, Tony Depp and they were trying to get some momentum behind. Well, he he's in the match. I don't know what that does for him. The Jimmy Lloyd yeah. forced his way in the match. I don't know what that does for him. I, you know, right? Again, just, like you know, I I constantly have to question the booking, and and I'm not. Try, I'm trying not to be too critical, but it just doesn't make sense. 
Like if you're a promoter mm-hmm. and like you're at all, you're at all worried about your budget or things like that, you know you're you're booking six or seven friggin' guys that you got to pay now. When a, a solid enough opener, honestly, could have just been Dave Chris versus Ar Fox. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I'm sure that I'm sure that by themselves they would have had a great match uh, with a lot of action. Uh, you could have had some of Scarlet and Graves out there for some interference and bullshit and do some spots with Fox's old lady. You know, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, the rest of those competitors aren't on the show this month. It, it, it's cage of death. We need to have a, a solid eight matches, you know, seven and then a cage. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just it's just stupid. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that, that really sticks out to me, too, is um is Black G's not being actually booked on the cage of death show whatsoever. I mean, former... CZW heavyweight champion, you name it, he's done it. And um, he's not booked on the card. The month prior, he's booked in what's called a Jersey All-Pro showcase match (laughs) where Black G's wrestles Arcadia, and they tear it up. They had a great, great match. So Arcadia doesn't get a spot in the scramble. Black G, who's a CZW veteran, isn't even on the show. I guess that's well, just Jersey yeah. All-Pro talent they didn't have room for. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense, you know, because, I mean, if, if obviously DJ's doing the old you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours with them, where, you know, because he had that showcase bullshit match that he had at Jersey right. All-Pro and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, yeah, they fit a lot of people in there. Jeez doesn't get a spot. So, um, that's, well, that's I, 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 but, know, um, I know for sure, like, because I talk to, like, basically you guys almost every day, like, between you, Jeez, uh-huh. uh, Rob Dimension, and Kid Osborne, I think I talk to you four more than anybody in my life in a given day. But, uh, <laughs> right. but, uh, but he, he, he told me that he, you know, he talked it over with, with Deej and he had some options. And DJ wanted to put him in there, but he was like, "Fuck that!" And I don't blame him. I was I wouldn't have gone for that. Like I, I wouldn't have fucking, you know. At this point, everything that Nell's done, and you know, he's he's been the world champion. He's been multi-time tag champion. He's been in every kind of crazy fucking match. He's won best of the best. Like, and you're gonna throw him in a fucking mm-hmm. scramble. And, and you know what? Like, it, it does get to a point where guys like myself and Nell and Greg and people that have been there for a long time, it does get to a point where once you've sort of done everything or almost everything, it becomes hard to book you in, in some ways. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. well, what do, we, what do we do with them? Do we have a feud with somebody? Do we try to turn them? Uh, you know what I mean? There's only so many options you really have. Yeah, no, I agree, and I, I think um, I think they kind of screwed themselves as far as Masada went, and I, I think they completely backed themselves into a corner with him because they booked him pretty much unstoppable for two years, and then right, uh, okay, yeah, like, not, so what do you do, what do you do with somebody like that? You know, like what do you do with him if like if if you're not gonna obviously utilize him for his his specialty, which is potentially hardcore deathmatch wrestling. You know, if you don't want to make him do that every single month, what do you do with him? He's, he's already been the world champion for two years, you know, or whatever it was, like you said. Yeah. You know, it, so and yeah. it, it, it gets to be difficult, especially when guys move all over the country. Like, 
you know, uh, Masada used to be right here in Jersey and then he moved to Texas. So, you know, naturally that yeah. makes things more expensive, more expensive. Uh, not that that justifies not using him. I'm just saying it's, you know, that's what some people would argue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, here's the next match. Great excellent. Uh, with the first lady of CZW, Chrissy Rivera, uh, defeated Homicide by pinfall uh, after a Tiger Driver <laughs> nunny, also being known as Jay Driller. Yeah, so, well, well thank you. Um, as ridiculous as that is, to have the Captain Dave recap, it's really fantastic to have it because we get that little synopsis really fast. So, you know, yeah, we don't have to just exactly. be like, oh, what happened? Because Captain Dave was there to save us. Oh yeah, he's he's crucial to every every possible show. I don't know why other podcasts he's, don't do this. He's but. amazing. Yeah. Um. So this match, you know, it actually had a good lead in. Um. You know, they did the whole thing where Greg pretty much called out Homicide, um, and said, you know, I want to see the old Homicide, not Dixie Carter's bitch, and this and that. So <laughs> yeah. I, I really think he um he he put down like the the foundation for it to be a really, really stiff match. I, I thought it could have been a little more hard hitting. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I like, I, I enjoyed the match, but I thought they could have really, really went all out, like turned it into a full fledged, like Carino homicide type match, you know, and really, you know, blew it off. Cause I know what Greg's capable of. I know a lot of people sleep sure. on him and don't like him and this and that, but I always I want to defend the guy and I want to back him up. I want to see him live up to that potential and really just surprise the people who don't think he's capable of that. No, I know exactly what you mean, and I, and I thought it was a solid match. Um, you know, on paper you you think it's going to be like sort of a clash of styles, but it really wasn't. You know what I mean? And I, I think right. Homicide did come. I think he did sort of come out hot out of the box, and he was bringing it. You know, I thought I thought he was. Uh, I saw Greg this past weekend, and uh, I asked him. I was like, "He looked like he was giving it to you, but huh? You know?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, he was." I was like, "Well, you fucking, you asked for it, so." Uh, yeah. But uh, but but Greg, for the most part, he held his own, you know, and he he fired back yeah. and he made it intense, and he didn't back down from him. And uh, I had I thought they had some good sequences, some fun in the match, and uh, I liked the dirty finish. Um, yeah, overall, I thought I thought they did awesome. It was a little bit weird p- placement on the card, but I guess where you, I don't know where else you really put that. Yeah, I don't either. And that's a he's another one of those guys. What do you do with a homicide? I mean, it, this guy's he's been all over the world. He's he's done such you know big things, and <clears throat> you know it's a great spot for him up against Greg Excellent because it really you know it helps Greg out. And, you know, Greg, last year he wrestled Tony Neese. So you come, you know, a year later now, he's got homicide. So, his, you know, his cage of death, uh, you know, opponents have been pretty top-notch. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a big win for him. So, you know, definitely good for Greg. Um, you know, ho- hopefully this is all going to culminate with something, you know. But, again, he, he's just another guy that sort of got the short end of the stick booking-wise over the years and yeah. uh yeah, it's just i i know how much that can hurt you you know what i mean personally so i think that's really shitty but you know i think greg delivers on, on promises that he makes and uh, i thought he did well against homicide 
Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Here's the next match. The Dude Boys. Dave McCartney Carter <laughs> defeated Johnny Yuma, Kevin Mortensen in the United Wrestling Ma- Showcase match. Peyton Mortensen after a snapshot. Yeah, uh, this match was all right. I mean, I you know, I'm not a, a huge Dub Boys fan. I, I think they've gotten a lot better. Um, yeah, the, their teammates or the uh, their opponents over there. Uh, it was kind of random, and I mean, you could kind of do the math, and people who book DJ wind up getting booked. So, uh, yeah, the Hollywood right. Championship, whatever that's booking DJs, all of a sudden got guys on the Cage of Death show. But uh, it, you yeah. know, it was all right, but, but it was just kind of just random. a coincidence, man. It's just a total coincidence. <laughs> yeah, no, no relations. No, no. no. <laughs> Well, what did you think? What did you think of the match? You said it was, it was all right. right. I, it was yeah. all right, but, it, you know, it was just so random. I mean, again, I, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to take out of that. You know, what Yeah. What position do, do the guys that never had a match in CZW have now? You know, where are the dub boys at this point? Right. Well, know. yeah, I mean, they, they seem to be winning, I think, for the most part. Haven't they been on a tear, I think? Or at least the last two months, the dub boys went over? For the most part. Uh, yeah, so I mean that'll probably you know lead to something, maybe a title shot. I I don't know. I I mean I hope they're not going to just like ignore it or not pay attention to that. Uh, I I really like those guys because I've I've known them a long time for you know mm-hmm. like four or five years, four or five years now. I was thinking, well, two thousand nine ish, whatever the hell that is, seven years. Shit. Anyway, um, so I really like them and they've come a long way and I think they have gotten a lot better. I I really don't know the other two. Um, I think I watched Yuma's match with Homicide from the last show, and it was good. I think he's, I think, I think they're both solid. Um, I thought the match itself was decent. I felt like there was like a lot of sloppy double teams and combos and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I understand what I understand what a lot of tag teams are going for with like the four, five, six hit combos. You know what I mean? Where it's like back right. and forth, whatever. You know, but it, it's just one of those things that for me that. If you can't pull that off without making it look shitty, then you know you, sh- you should tweak it or change it or not do it. You know what I mean? And and I, I feel like it was it, it was both teams. Like it wasn't one or or the other in particular. You know? Uh, I think the mm-hmm. format was there. Like there was a solid format to the match. It just wasn't executed uh, to a T. You know what I mean? So, sometimes you can like write the story out, but like when it comes time to perform it. Things just don't happen the way they looked on paper, you know. And and I think mm-hmm. the format of the match was there. Just you know, did, not everything clicked for everybody, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was it was alright. It, it, it was solid though. Like it wasn't it wasn't bad. It just wasn't super awesome for me. Yeah. All right. Next. Up. I feel like. In the like, uh, contest, Shane Strickland, like the new flavor, defeated Desmond Xavier. Um. With J.T. Davison by pinball at the Packers Power Driver, featuring everything from Sky Twister Press to Space Flying Tiger Drop Jerry Moose, I don't have names for him. <laughs> oh, well, in case you missed what happened in that match, there you go. Um, yeah, it, this it, is, it, is uh, like a Storm Cradle Driver package sit down thing. It's ugly. It lands really ugly. 
that's how he finished him. So I think that's what Captain Dave was trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like this match. Um, I know, you know, this style isn't really, you know, uh, you're not big on this type of, you know, style. I, the, the other, the thing that, again, back to the gay thing, uh, early in this match, the crowd started chanting. I started getting like reports from people who were there that the, the crowd was chanting, roll that dick out to yeah, one of these that guys. About? And I don't know what the fuck goes on, but that just solidifies my reasoning for not going to wrestling Joe's anymore. Because when that becomes Jesus. like a thing, where yeah, you know, roll that dick out at guys, I, I mean, what is that I don't know what the about? fuck that's even supposed to mean. So, what the f- yeah, that's uh, weird. That's apparently what they wanted to see. I thought their first match was really good. I don't know why that prompts people to to need that. To you know, make that request when this match they, starts, they must but. they just they must know something that we don't you know like they must know something <laughs> we don't. I mean, yeah, shit. But um, yeah, I mean, it, this match had a ton of action in it. Um, I think Stream Strickland's gotten a lot lot better over the years, and um, yeah, he's been doing big shit over in uh, Lucha Underground, and uh, every time I see him, he seems to be getting better and better. Um, Desmond Xavier's got a ton of talent. You know, great flyer. Um, you know, he does crazy shit too. Um, it was just a really exciting match. Like I said, I know it's not really like your style of match. I just I liken a lot of these matches to more or less like action flick matches. You know, it's uh, people get mad about no, the I don't selling, blame but I, I I don't blame it. I mean, like I I don't I don't blame anybody for liking those kinds of matches. Yeah, I mean, sure, mm-hmm. it's not it's not my flavor. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, first let me just start off by saying I respect the hell out of, you know, what the, those types of athletes can do. The Desmonds, the Stricklands, and uh, anybody that can wrestle that style. I mean, it's amazing. It's difficult. Um, mm-hmm. and, to be able to, and to be able to pull that off and, you know, for the most part, not get hurt uh, is pretty damn amazing. Um, but as far as what did I think of the match, yeah, I, again, I thought it was a great display of athleticism. Uh, and there's there's mm-hmm. simply no taking that you can't take that away from either of them. I th- overall, right. I thought it was kind of it went it went too long. I thought it was like kind of kind of long. Um, I I definitely don't like wrestling where you just can't ever really particularly tell at any given point in time that there's a real fight or a real exit uh, exhibition taking place, like. Yeah. Because of the way, because of the way that they're constantly stopping and stalling and like moving in slow motion and staring at each other and posing, and you know, like how many superhero poses did you count like the whole time? But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like I said, like um, flick matches. That's you know, <laughs> sure, right? You know, and it's cool. It's 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 cool. It's just that I I don't know. I like my wrestling as 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 a buddy of mine would say, a little bit more crunchy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just where yeah. a little bit more of a fight taking place. Uh, that doesn't mean that you can't ever do a flip. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that you can't ever get that shit in or do an enziguri or whatever. It just means make it make it look real. Like, and I guess to pinpoint an example of what I'm talking about is like, you know, watch watch any time that they're they're in the corner and they're transitioning from one thing to the other, or they're, you know, they're getting ready for the next whip off duck flip, whatever fiasco. And, you know, it, it put it this way, it, even if I punched you in the face once and then now I have you in the corner, 
and I'm lifting you up by your face, getting ready to chop you in, in slow motion. Are you going to let me do that? Like, you know what I mean? Are you, are you just going to sit there and take it and, you know, not mind that I'm just pulling you up by your chin so, and, and opening up your chest so that I can slap the shit out of it? No, you're not going to let me do that. You know, I, I like to see when guys are covering up a little bit and, and acting like they're concerned with, you know, not being knocked out and things like that. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to rant too much about it, but. I, you know, and I, also, right. I, know it's I hate I, I hate to rag about it, but like I, I hate the way that some guys move around the ring like they're like they're little baby deer, like you know they gallop around the ring like antelope, <laughs> you know what I mean? Instead of you know, it, it's just like if you want to do ballet, then you know go dance, man. Like go, there's there's a place for that too, you know, but it's, <laughs> it's not my style of wrestling. All I can tell you is you know. Anytime, anytime I was in the ring with somebody like Drew Gulak, name drop, uh, it was a goddamn fight. And and I went backstage exhausted, and I felt like I got in, in a fist fight. So I feel like that's how wrestling should be, and and it shouldn't be a dance party. But that's just me. Yeah. No disrespect. Right. Yeah, I mean, to each their own, and, you know, everything's, uh, everything has its place. Um Absolutely, so it, it, and, and I'm sure everybody there was happy about it, and, you know, I'll sit over in the corner with, with nobody and not like it. <laughs> so, yeah, here's here's the next one. This is, this is a little bit of a long Captain Dave segment because there was a lot that happened in this match. So. <laughs> All right, can't wait. <laughs> and EYFBO, Angel Ortiz, Mike Drassett defeated the Ish Squad, Danny Moffat, and Steve Master Mag. Uh, we hit the four splash, immediately followed by Mike Drassett hitting the 450 splash, but it was short-lived because <laughs> Scarlett and Blaze represented Rockstar Pro Nation, led by Brittany Blake and J.T. Davidson, uh, became the new Continental Wrestling Tag Team Champions and the ultimate opportunity uh, because... Brittany Blake cast in the ultimate opportunity contract. She won all back in May, uh, followed by Scarlett and Grace coming through the crowd to an almost immediately um, hitting in the um, hitting everything, became the new tag team champions. Yeah, that's well, what happened you, there, Captain Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now you know this match between EYFBO and um, the Hit Squad. They've they've wrestled all over the place, beyond and you know everywhere else, and yeah. um, they they kill it. I mean, they I absolutely love when these guys match up because um, it's just a great great battle. Um, the For Hit sure. Squad have really absolutely. hit their stride again, and you know they're doing their thing, and they've worked a ton with these guys. Um, I think they wrestled in House of mm-hmm. Glory too, but um. Yeah, so so I had a lot of fun watching this match. This was this was a great match, and um, you know, did the title change, and um, I thought that was awesome. Um, the the Scarlet and Graves thing to me, I, I think, is nothing against the tag team itself. I have nothing, you know, bad to say about them. They they work really really well, but. I think the entire angle is a complete and utter failure from start to finish. Um, you had Brittany Blake go over Tony Nice at best of the best, which, oh, I mean, if, if that hasn't 
proven itself to be a bad decision. One of them's on <laughs> WWE TV, and the other one hasn't had a match in CZW since you put him put her over Tony Nese. So and the other one and the other one is an extra on WWE. Well, yeah, there's that too. But um, yeah, one, on one has too. a contract, one's an extra, right? Right. Um, and then, you know, she can't even speak her role. She can't even get on the mic and actually explain what's going on with her out there. Like, JT Davidson's got to go out there and pretty much say what she means to say or what she's <clears> supposed <throat> to be saying. So she won yeah. this role, and then she just stands there while they go, well, she won the thing, and this is what's going to go on because of her over there. And she, <laughs> you know what? I think, I mean, what stinks is I think she could do it. Uh, I just think that she gets overwhelmed at times, you know, and, and certainly I'm not, I'm not trying to make excuses for it, but uh, uh, I just think that that's what happens. However, you know, you need to be able to perform under pressure. You need to be able to deal with that crowd and you need to understand that there is a way to sort of overthrow them and get them to listen to you. It's not always easy. And sometimes it's a real war, you know what I mean? To, to get mm-hmm. them to shut up or stop chanting, whatever bullshit you're chanting. You know, and and uh, and get you know get get out what you need to get out. But I think that you know a month ago when when J- when Davidson had to take the mic back from her and say whatever she was supposed to say, and then this uh, past month uh, at Kids Death, I, I think especially with that crowd, it can be overwhelming. But mm-hmm. like I, like I said, if if you're gonna play in the big leagues, you gotta learn to overcome it. You know. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing that I really want to talk about on this because it became like a big thing and it it's it's a continuing trend. They well they started with the streamers. The streamers to me got way out of hand really quick because it becomes like the opening match is getting streamers thrown, which it used to be a big thing. It used to be your main event or you know, your most over guys and now it's every asshole. Gets streamers well, yeah, I mean, in reality, it only used to be for like, you know, when people were leaving a company or retiring or, you know, uh, moving on to something bigger or better, uh, maybe about to drop a title and like the crowd knows it kind of thing. Right. Uh, uh-huh. or, or, you know, what, whatever it might be, you know, it, it's not supposed to just be oh, this is the guy I like, and throw your fucking streamer. It's ridiculous. And right. you know, all, it does, all it does really is look stupid and make a mess. So, right. So now that's the face side of things. And not to mention that, like, in the deathmatch tournaments, it's absolute havoc. It makes the whole match look like shit because it gets stuck to the barbed wire, and now you have, like, colors stuck to danger like like pretty colors hanging off a fucking glass it's like what the fuck is going on and you can't get it off the barbed wire (laughs) it looks really bad Um, yeah you have confetti barbed wire yeah that that's the face side of things now the heel side of things that they've now allowed is people to bring in rolls of toilet paper and throw that as their streamers but it's evolved from not just throwing them like streamers, but they're throwing them like Nerf footballs. And (laughs) CZW allows this. And I think it's hilarious because CZW is allowing. So as soon as CZW allows that type of behavior where you're allowed to throw 
a full roll of toilet paper like a Nerf football at people's heads. But, you know, game on. I mean, that, this is what you're allow you're allowing people to come in with like a BJ's case of toilet paper and yeah, fucking launch off. Because it, it's constant. You know what I mean? It's it's throughout the whole show. You know what I mean? So yeah, they, I mean like, they, have, the hell? they have like the, the Costco pack of fucking toilet paper, right? Because I mean, they, I don't know how they're getting it past security. Like, but I don't know. Some of those well, some of those fans allowed. are big are big boys. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely allowed because um, you don't see people getting ejected or anything. I mean, it's it's constant. And, um, you know, even last month, uh, Brittany Blake posted something like bragging, like, I'm a ninja dodging toilet paper. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, if she's calling these fucking people out. I mean, you know, if you, you tell fans, like, and you people can't even hit me with that shit you're throwing. Like, forget it. Like, you're getting right. destroyed. Like, you remember? Yeah, now you're um, get destroyed. Yeah, you remember back in the arena when the Backseat Boys started with the change? Like, dudes would start oh, yeah. throwing change when they were collecting money. And Johnny oh, yeah. would grab the mic and say, you throw one more piece of change and we're leaving. And it sounded like right. fucking hailing in the arena. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they had umbrellas were, and shit. Yeah. Uh, pennies were coming across the fucking ring because I'm sitting front row and they're coming over from the other side like fucking bullets. <laughs> you know, because... <laughs> They were lofting it in like, you know, the end of a Mexican wrestling match. They're fucking launching this change. I mean, That's holy fantastic. shit. To the point where they had to, they had to, like, stop it. After a while, they had to go, okay, no more throwing change. Someone's going to get, you know, an eye taken out or something. So yeah, yeah it's going to be a fucking problem. Thing. Sure. They're allowing the toilet paper thing, which, again, to me is hilarious because they're allowing it. Now I'm sitting there watching my iPay-per-view or download or whatever, and I'm rooting for people to get hit in the fucking head because you guys are letting it go. Well, at some point um, – and, and I love Lyle. He's a great dude. He's always been really nice to me, and, you know, he's, he's one of the best photographers CZW's ever had. Um, at some point, he got really offended because people were throwing things at a woman and I guess that hit a nerve with him and you know, oh, he felt yeah, like yeah. the need to to defend you know, Brittany, who again just called out the fans that couldn't hit him because she's such a ninja with the toilet paper. Um right. the previous month. So I mean you could see on camera Lyle walks past the people cutting the heel promo to stand behind them like a security guard. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. oh, Jesus Christ. And I'm like, oh, man. this is. And now he's got his arms folded. <laughs> he's standing back there like one of the acolytes. Wow. <laughs> like, I, oh, I, I must have missed that. Where, where where did he do that at? Like, wh- who was he um, doing that with? With uh, Brittany Blake and um, uh, oh, Davidson oh, when they okay. were out there, okay. you know, saying, hey, we're I'll cashing in the thing. I'll have to go back and watch that part. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And um, I only really noticed that because I, I read his online rant before I, I got to see that. So then when I see it, I'm like, holy shit. Because uh, he had, you know, written this big long thing about he doesn't, you know, agree with it. And, you know, people throwing things at women are cowards. And if you do it, I'm, I'm going to step in the way. And it, I'm just like, dude, you know, I, again, I understand him being defensive or feeling a certain way about, you know, this shouldn't be done or that shouldn't be done. But if it's, if it's being allowed by the company, I mean, you just got to, I mean, you just got to, you know, step back. I mean, maybe 
And that's look the other way or something. And unfortunately, that's the that's where you have to take that up. You know, if if you feel it's an issue and you want to do something about it, he needs to go to DJ and talk to him about it or whoever. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you know, just staking your claim doesn't really do anything about it. But he's definitely yeah. a good guy. You know what I mean? And I know he has good intentions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's kind of funny though. Yeah, I, and they did it earlier in the show too. Uh, Captain Dave missed that that whole uh, segment, but uh, at some point oh, they yeah, had was, uh, Ma- Maria Manic, and I guess um, I heard it was like Stein's cousin or something. I don't know if they're legitimately related or. Um, I don't know about that. His name is Maxwell Jacob Feinstein. Uh, I don't know if he has anything to do with Feinstein. Yeah, someone had told me that, but I I don't know how much you know credibility that has. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, they came out and did this whole segment, which again, you know, you look at some of the people that weren't booked on the show, and figure out that there's room on Cage of Death for these guys. And uh, again, it was just free for all with the toilet paper. So I was rooting yeah heavily. Yeah, she got pegged in the head. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was definitely. Uh, I was just rooting for toilet paper while they talked. That's all I was doing. <laughs> yeah, that's the only good that could come out of that. Back in the day, it would have been Nick Gage coming out and kicking everybody in the face. But this time, now that's that's what should have happened. Nick Gage is toilet paper now. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the, the beast running comes in the form of two ply. <laughs> But yeah, so um, let me see. Okay, we got our next match. Like I said, uh, Leo Rush uh, defeated Sammy and Sammy Callahan uh, by Spanish <laughs> by the hard-hitting he master so here, J. Cap Morris. And so, so once again, <laughs> the losing streak continue. The Sammy's losing streak continues. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to me, um, this uh. This entrance, I, I absolutely love this entrance. I think it's one of the best things that they've done on the indies in a long time. It reminded me of, um, like, the Wrestle Kingdom entrances that they do. Because, um, you know, it, it just set a big stage, and it, it was like a, a big, grand, elaborate entrance. I know it was long for some people and this and that, but I thought it really set a tone as him having this different character. And it kind of evolved in that direction with him, with, the, you know, what he did at Best of the Best with Joey with the white suit and looking all creepy while Joey was dragging himself bloody to the ring and he looked like emotionless. And then they did like with this entrance, they did kind of like a funeral to that suit. And then he came out with this different, you know, gimmick. So I thought it was really cool. Um, it definitely stuck out as someone who was trying to make a fucking effort, which is few and far between on the Indies these days. It's, it's pretty commonplace. People just walk out, to uh you know something that sounds like uh you know like a death metal song it all blends together and then uh yeah i don't know yeah i i thought it was all right um so i thought it was definitely too long i think everybody agrees that it was too long as far as, far as the entrance goes um yeah, uh, I I don't I don't really hate it, but I don't really like it either. You know, and I I hate to piss on everybody's uh, you know parade, but I, I'm not trying to. I just thought I thought it was too long. I thought it was a little bit too epic. You know what I mean? 
Like it's, at some mm. point, I mean, and, and ultimately who gets to decide how much freedom, you know, you have with your entrance. Obviously he cleared this with people and obviously involved production and so on and so forth, you know. Um, sure. Like now is this going to be the friggin' entrance every time he works there? Like, you know what I'm saying? Or is that just a one-time deal? Um, because, you know, it, it, if it's not, you know, up to the boss, which, I mean, obviously, I guess it has to be, you're kind of booking yourself to be the undertaker. You know what I mean? You're you're booking yourself to be more significant than everybody else on the show because of this grand, elaborate entrance. You know, you know what I'm saying? Does that make yeah. sense? Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, and the, the gimmick to me comes off a little bit like a, like a shitty Batman villain, like, that that coming from somebody who desperately wanted to be the Joker his whole life, <laughs> who um, dressed in a purple suit occasionally. Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, but I, yeah. I was obviously pretending to be a Batman villain. I knew what I was doing. Um, right. But no, I thought it was just okay. I thought it was just all right. I, I like that it, it's an effort to do something instead of just another guy in tights that can wrestle and run really fast. You know what I mean? Like I, I like mm-hmm. that there's effort there to to have a gimmick and stand out. I just thought that the entrance was a little bit much. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I really liked it obviously from the, you know what I said, but um, the thing is, is, you know, like you were saying about the, you know, who gets say over this and who, get, I, I think with DJ, it's pretty much an open door for anyone who wants to make an effort. And there's not many people who do. So right now it's pretty easy because there's not a lot of people showing up with projects. Like when, when Joey um, collaborated with that guy for his, his uh, videos for his return video and then his cage of death video, oh, right. that was right. all Joey. Right. Sure. That, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. That all, wasn't like, yeah, that, that wasn't, wasn't C- uh, DJ production. or anybody. No, that was too good of so, an idea for it to come from DJ. Which, you know, in, on some level, it's a shame because it's really up to, and it doesn't matter. I mean, you could fall somewhere in the middle of the card. You could fall somewhere towards the main event. Your world champion can have half the effort put out that somebody else did just because he chose to do it. You know what I mean? It, it puts them in a, in a bad spot because they're not, it's not saying, Hey, I want this guy to have a big grand entrance because the guy who's running, it doesn't give a shit. It's, you know, it's yeah. the guy that shows up with an idea that goes, I want a grand entrance. No, I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of rough. And, and I've been saying it for years, too, that, you know, especially as technology's evolved and everything else, there really should be more people doing promos on location. And so everybody has a high-tech phone. Like, you know, the cameras on the phones are pretty much like a professional camera. You can take yeah. all sorts of, you know, promos on location. They do these promos in the back, you know, with with a white wall, and you can hear the crowd fucking yelling in the next room. Like, you know, I there's no that, creativity. Uh, no. And, and you know what? Uh, a, a big um, lack of uh, direction backstage as far as promos go and creativity and uh, things like that uh, – it's, a lot of it has to do with Rob Dimension not being there anymore because uh, he really helped, you know, in the time at least that I was there probably, and I don't want to say there, but uh, during my last couple of years there, probably 2014, 2013 till 
you know, um, probably before I, or after I left, uh, around that time, like August 2016 or so or less. But, you know, him being there was a, a really big help. He wouldn't let people settle for, you know, they wouldn't just cut a promo and it'd be just good enough. You know what I mean? Like, he wouldn't let you walk away until, like, we nailed it. And he would help generate ideas and things for people to say and uh, certainly was smarter about location, you know, so that we didn't shoot them all in the locker room where, like you said, you could hear the entrance music of whoever's coming out next and stupid shit like that. So, you know, him not being there really affected that as far as promos go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another thing I've, you know, pointed out time and time again, just production wise, you know, back when I started going to CZW soon after, I should say, because when I started going, it was in Sewell. They didn't have any of that. Uh, a little bit, but they started with the, the highlight packages. And every month, there would be a huge highlight package just based off of the show prior to that. So, like, yeah, it was almost like a last week on, you know, whatever show you're yeah. watching. Like, it, it caught you up and it got you hyped because it showed you all the big bumps and all the crazy shit. And, and it also I mean, this showed is, you what the matches were going to be that night. Like, it, it usually right. culminated, like, at the end of every couple of clips, it would show you, like, you know, Chris Cash versus, you know, Johnny Cashmere or whatever. Right. And this, this was well over 10 years ago. And, and the whole crowd was hyped beyond belief before the opening bell, before the, you know, the ring announcer hit the ring, any of that. The crowd was hyped. Yeah just off of the video package. And, you know, I've, I've talked to DJ about it. I've talked to a bunch of people about it. DJ's excuse is, well, you have to pay someone to do that. And we don't really have someone to do that and this and that. But I, I can't imagine it, it, it didn't get cheaper over the years. I mean, if they were able to pull that off on the old CZW budget before, you know, half of this stuff even came around and digital this and that, they were still putting videotapes out. How is it so impossible in – almost 2017 to do something to that level. I don't oh, it's, understand it's how a company goes backwards. Now. It's a, put it this way. If you have a computer that has some space on it, you know, because video work and video editing does take up a lot of memory and a lot of RAM and things like that. Sure. If you have a, if you have a, a computer that has some friggin' space on it and if it's a Mac and you have iMovie or Final Cut or anything like that, uh, it is not hard to do. And I, I mean, I'm sure that some people almost with no training could cut and copy and paste video segments in a sequence to music. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it gets a little bit more complicated when you start adding in graphics as far as stuff that, uh, other elements that you add in, uh, stuff that you write in, you know, when you have things flying all over the screen animation yeah. and things like that. But just putting clips, you know, put it, like you said, even if you just got all the highlights and set them to music and played them before the next show or the, the current show, it, it would, it would be very effective. It always was. Mm. It got the boy, it got the boys excited too. You know what I mean? Like we'd be right. watching it from like the other side of the, of the big screen. Like we'd be watching the reverse of whatever you were watching and we'd be getting excited right. too, you know? And it was good. Yeah. It made you want to go out there and do it again. Yeah. And, and to me, it made everything look more important because, like, the month before counted. It wasn't just like, yeah, if you're there, you're there. If you're not, you know, it is what it is. 
you know, even if you showed up casually, you'd see on the screen, like, oh, shit, that happened last month? Like, oh, wow, you know, it, even someone showing up for the first time was aware of, uh, you know, previous existence just by being there because the package alone would tell you, like, I've been missing this. Like, oh, shit. It, yeah, for uh, sure. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, there's always Disney World. All right, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> the next match. Uh, Joe Gacy, your new World Heavyweight Champion. He defeated Jonathan Gresham by Reigns of Saturn uh, to become the CZW World Heavyweight Champion. The entire change got to a great reaction as it completely destroyed of Gacy as the new wrestler who might not have had to look for some people and was unfairly ridiculed uh, with Sloppy Joe Chance for years. Greater than being the hardcore chainsaw choke gazes to the present. Yeah. Wow. Hey, came a long way. Well, uh, before we uh, before we go into that, I don't think I really said just about that last match with Leo and Sammy. Uh, beyond not liking the the intro, really. Uh, the I didn't even itself, talk about the match. The, 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 the match itself. I just wanted to touch, you know go back to that so everybody doesn't think I hated the match. I thought the match was fantastic. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. You know I. I do think Sammy coming out in his retarded cat mask was more over than Leo's entrance, but uh, <laughs> that's a yeah, point. Um, what, what a, I'm looking at my notes here because I took notes like a real nerd when I was watching it. Um, <laughs> but no, I think I think Leo can go. Sammy's great, and he knows what he's doing. And uh, the, the finish was good. It was a good fight. It stayed intense. And uh, yeah, it was solid. It was one of the better matches on the on the card. Yeah, so, anyway. I completely lost track talking Gage, about Gage the entrances and this production and stuff. <laughs> so I didn't even talk about the match no, either. And that's, and I that's thought, totally okay. as, as a fan of Sammy and obviously probably the biggest cat guy you'll ever meet, um, I thought his fucking <laughs> entrance right. was ridiculous. This fucking guy's got to be kidding me. The only thing I found tremendously entertaining about his entrance is Leo had this super serious, super fucking dark entrance. And you know, another thing I'll give him a a lot of credit for is he had to do everything in his power not to laugh at Sammy in a fucking cat mask for like five fucking minutes standing in the ring posing. And then pulling the mask off and having the fucking whiskers painted on his face and still not crack up. Oh, fucking Jesus. Laughing. I forgot about that. I forgot about I mean, that part, too. That fucking skill on Leo's part as far as, you know, what kind of composure he has. Because, holy shit, man. Like, I can't imagine yeah. he's a straight face through that. And he, he managed. Um, but, yeah, the match that was, was fucking hilarious. crazy. Um, I, I really – I can't imagine that um, Leo isn't signed by the end of 2017. He's got tremendous athletic ability, and now he's creating this look <clears> and this persona that's going to get eyeballs on him. Um, yeah. Nah, I don't sure. know. Um, I, I wouldn't we'll be surprised to see Sammy head back to I, – I think when he got signed the first time, it was too early. Same thing with Hero. Hero got crazy fat afterwards, but um, <laughs> those those guys got signed before, like, the, the indie NXT revolution really started. And, yeah. you know, when they picked up, uh, you know, a lot of the other guys 
following their signings and what they were trying to, you know, recreate with them. They were trying to mold them into something. Following all of that, they just started signing indie guys and letting them be the same guys they were on the indies. So I think if they were allowed yeah. to do that, Sammy and Hero would have done really well. For sure. And I, I feel like towards the end of Sammy's little stint there, they started to sort of let him be Sammy Callahan. Like, he, well, that wasn't his name, obviously, but that was more or less the look that he was he was portraying. But I, I'm sure, obviously, a, you know, a watered-down, mild version of it, you know. Right. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, you definitely hit the nail on the head right now as far as WWE's marketing plan. You know what I mean? They're, they're currently, I mean, I don't know what the state of the business is really, but they're obviously picking up everybody that has any sort of buzz whatsoever. And, and I think it's basically in an effort to cling to the wrestling fans that are left watching wrestling you know what I mean I, th- yeah. I think that overall overall like mainstream wrestling's audience has really dwindled and whose fault that is I don't know you know but uh I, I think currently WWE is trying to cling to whoever is left still watching professional wrestling and that's you know that explains a lot of you know the signings over the last year really you know yeah um so yeah back to uh Joe Gacy, if you remember everything that uh, Captain Dave said, um, oh, yeah. he uh, he won the uh, the world title, and um, I kind of saw this coming, you know, with him with them beating G's and then beating Sammy. I, I did thought it was just completely set up, like all right, I, I see what's going on here. You know, he's going to go and shoot sure. death and beat Gresham, and mm-hmm. um, so I, I kind of saw it coming. But in the same token, you know, it went well. Um, I'm not really sure how how this title run goes down. I don't know if it's going to be like a transitional thing. I don't know if he can maintain the like being over as world champion for that long. Um, I mean, Joe can go, but I'm not really sure if the fans stay behind him for a length of time. Um, I know he he came on the show before and he said he didn't want to do uh, death matches anymore or anything like that. Not that that's right. entirely necessary to do, but as a face in CZW as world champion, it's pretty tough not to. Yeah, and I mean, that, that's really up to him. Like, if he doesn't want to do that shit, he just needs to put his foot down and say, hey, look, DJ, I'm going to be the type of champion that wrestles more, like a Drew Gulak or a John Gresham, you know, and I don't necessarily want to be a, a Matt Tremont style world champion and not that there's anything wrong with either but you know it's joe's life at the end of the day and he should be able to dictate dictate what he wants to do um i I know what you're saying too as far as like hoping the crowd stays behind him and gets behind him as champion and it's really going to boil down to how he gets booked i feel like really everything in wrestling boils down to how you get booked and how you're how you're portrayed and the opponents you're given and what obstacles get put in front of you to overcome, you know? So I I don't, and you know, that being said, I don't know what the right move is to first, you know, to, to establish him as that sort of champion. I don't know what that would be, but I think pound for pound for a long time, he's probably the best wrestler in CZW. Uh, Like, you know, that might be weird for some people to hear or think, but 
he he can literally go with anybody and wrestle anybody's style and and pretty much all of them very well. Like and I, I just feel like given that he doesn't look like he's the most agile guy, he's really agile and um athletic and um but you know, I think that finally, for the first time in a while, the absolute best guy is the champion. You know, and 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 really, again, going kind of going back to what you were saying, it does really boil down to the timing and the booking of it, how successful mm-hmm. it is, and how successful it's going to be. Because uh, you know, some would argue that this is kind of late now. Like they should, they they might have missed the boat on Joe or, you know, like they didn't strike while the iron was hot a while ago, you know what I mean? And when it should have happened, but who knows, you know, I, I think, I think he's definitely good enough to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, booked right. He can, you know, do really well. The match he got against Sammy could main event any card, I think. Um, but again, I wonder because, you know, they already got Ricky Shane Page at the end of his match saying, I, I promise I'll be world champion by the end of 2017. So, you know, you got a death right. match guy that, you know, right. he can wrestle too, but, you know, he, he's going to be wrestling death matches as world champion. So, I mean, that's, that's the angle he's definitely going to be headed towards and just makes me wonder where does that put Gacy you know, if they're already steering guys like that in his direction. So uh, it'd be interesting to see, you know, he's definitely done enough in CZW. He's a CZW guy. So to me, it makes a lot of sense as far as, you know, putting a guy at the top of your company that's been there for as long as, as he has and worked really hard. You know, at least it's a, it's not just some guy you brought in and, you know, crowned real quick. No, I know exactly what you mean. And, um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I guess you know, as far as the Ricky Shane Page stuff goes, and you know, just because somebody says they're going to be champion doesn't mean they will. Right. Um, right. Right. It, but he'll be in contention, like you said. And again, that's that's going to boil down to Joe or whoever saying like, okay, well, you can have your your title shot, but it's going to be a a regulation match. You know what I mean? It's not going to. Mm-hmm. You know, once it's once it's Ricky Shane Page's, if it should go that way and he can have all the death matches he wants, you know? Right. But that's, a, that's the thing that I worry about, too, as far as the Gacy thing. If he's a face, it's hard in CZW for you to be the champion as a face and go, no death matches here, buddy. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, yeah, right. I, I'm not right. against him for taking that stance. I'm, you know, I, yeah. I surely am not going to tell guys, cut yourself or I don't give a shit, but. <laughs> I'm just saying that's right. that's a hard stance to take as a face in CZW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my first title defense was no rope barbed wire against Biff in his return match or like you know rematch clause. It was like oh great, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. Yeah. But no, that match was great though between Gresham and, and Joe. It was fantastic. Gresham's a fantastic heel. Uh, yeah. Just, He's a great, everything great he did, everything he did in the match was like so calculated and perfect. As far as like pissing off the crowd, when he, when he, you know, he attacked the ref. He left at one point, you know, all this different shit, and uh, he just did a really great job of turning the crowd to make sure that they were happy when Joe won. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah, felt like when the awesome. match first started when the match first started, they weren't really behind Joe and they were kind of cheering Gresham and then he turned that shit right around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, Gresham 
has the ability to do things to the extent. I mean, I remember when he first, uh, when they had the best of the best thing, and he cut the promo about deathmatch wrestling being trash and this and that. He actually had people, you know, Zandig online <laughs> getting pissed off. I heard this kid said something about that. <laughs> it's like, he's a fucking heel, bro. Like, like <laughs> John, it's like, John, it's a work, John. <laughs> Jesus, like, of all people, John should understand it's a work, dude. Relax. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that was yeah. crazy, but. They, yeah, yeah, he, he definitely knows. Him, oh, I'm sorry. What were you saying? Gresham definitely knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and all, all I was saying was uh, they they just told a really good story in the match. Like, the way they really made the – they really built the uphill battle for Joe with the the eye patch, the, the leg, the this and that, you know, and yeah. a low blow, all this different stuff. You know what I mean? And he still won, so that was cool. Yeah. All right, next match. Ricochet Pace defeated Danny Abbott um, in, in a challenge death match after uh, Pace drove Abbott through the pane of glass while Paul Driver. Uh, this was a great, great, sick match uh, that saw Razor Blaze, Cat Strip, and Glass were involved. Yeah. Um, now, you know, this is, this is the problem I have with this. Now, Ricky Shane Page and Danny Havoc have probably the best pairing of two guys that could do the craziest, most violent death match that is so well worked. But in the same token, there's nothing in CZW that could even create an actual feud out of this. They had probably four of the craziest matches in CZW, all while being good friends that just like to wrestle each other. Yeah, that's uh, that's something weird. You know what I mean? Uh, we talked, but I mean, I don't know if that quite goes back to the stuff we were saying before, but um, it, it does make things weird, especially when, I mean, it doesn't mean that there can't be a friendly rivalry in pro wrestling, but certainly, right. I guess, like you said, when it involves things like deathmatch style wrestling, it it, it gets to be kind of weird. It gets to be a little masochistic, but I guess that I guess that's really what these guys are to some degree. You know what I mean? Like there's there's nobody right. that does this shit shit for fun. You know, even if you are getting paid, like there's nobody that does this shit for fun that isn't a little bit you know sick to to want to do it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it, it's just crazy to me because you know Danny uh, he started off getting a win on him in uh, tournament <clears throat> of death uh, the year before this. So it was like 2015 tournament of death, and then um, he he got brought back at Cage of Death. Danny got the win there. Then because of interference in February, Danny got another win. So he he's got technically three wins over Ricky Shane Page. Danny Havoc wins some kind of match that says like he can have whatever he wants, and he's like, I want to wrestle the guy that I beat three times, and <laughs> Ricky. <laughs> Ricky, like, he gets the win finally, but it's not like, you know, a huge vengeance win. It's like, all right, then, uh, you know, give a hand to that guy again. And it's like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I just feel guy. like if if you f- have two two guys who you know pair up the best, they're going to have crazier matches together than anybody in your company. Can you find a way to build heat around them? I mean, it's, 
how can that be worse I, for you? I, I understand that. I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Uh, I, I guess really what that boils down to, though, is would the crowd be any more or less into it than they were? Because I think that they really obviously had the crowd. They really did some crazy shit, and the fans appreciated that. But, you know, let's just say it was a feud, and they, and they hated each other. You know, would the crowd have benefited any more or less? I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure in this case. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in, this, in this case, I just don't know if, if the match would have somehow been any better than it was. Uh, had they been pretending to hate each other, <laughs> yeah, I, I just think it had a little bit more feel to it. I, you know, take nothing away from the match itself, because again, I think this is one of the best pairings of, of deathmatch wrestlers you'll find anywhere in the country. Oh yeah, um, they have yeah, some kind really of chemistry in the ring, and they just, uh, I mean, you know, BJW style, crazy, you know, top-notch deathmatch wrestling with you know a ton of actual you know psychology behind it. Unlike the main event that we'll get to in a um, <laughs> Oh boy! You know, this was uh, you know, this this was crazy shit, and uh, you know, that's what CZW's done a lot of over the years, and done it better than a lot of other companies, and you know, really stood out because of it. So I think these two guys are the type of, you know, guys that really show that. You know, they showcase that better than anybody. Yeah. So. So and then you know, following that, oh shit! You got the, uh, you got this. By in the main event, one of the most shocking turn of the events: <laughs> the oh Young Dragons, God. Dale Packers, Devin Moore, Drew Blood, and Josh Crane <clears throat> <laughs> defeated Connor Classen, Jeff Cannonball, Joey Janela, and Matt Tremont. After uh, it came one a shocking. He'll turn by the bulldozer uh, on Joey Janela, allowing Devin and Devin Moore to score the pinball on Janela. The case of death featuring the usual collection of plunder with light tubes, glass, bar wire, chains, galore, tables, <coughs> seemingly everything short of tactical nuclear weapons. Uh, the cage also has a modified scaffold structure to allow the entrance and great spot off the cage. Yeah, there was that. Um, well, 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 there you have it, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I can't say anything good about Josh Crane. I really can't. He's fucking horrendous. He's built like a fat pigeon, um, and he just. <laughs> He's just the definition of, of the opposite of what I just said about Danny Havoc and, and Ricky Shane Page. Um, right. And it, it's not just him in this match, but um, he's definitely, you know, the bad one of the bad highlights. Um, I, I didn't like the booking of this match to begin with. Um, you get a couple guys in there who are, you know, the top of their game, you know, and Matt Tremont. And, um, you know, Janela does crazy, crazy shit. He's about as over as you can get in CZW. So, you know, for you sure. got those guys. Devin, Devin Moore, I mean, he's just the perfect guy for this type of thing because he'll do, you know, shooting star presses off the top of anything you you give him. Um, yeah. He's kind of perfect for a cage of death style match because he's he's pretty much fearless and he's a veteran at doing this type of stuff. So, you know, you're going to get, you know, pretty accurate stuff out of whatever he does. Um, 
Drew Blood, I'm not a huge fan of the dude, and I really think it was it was desperate. I mean, when it came down to the booking, uh, you know, everything's falling apart over the past couple months. They kind of got left with, well, who can we get? And obviously right. Devin and Drew Blood are super close. And it just became like a, you know, we'll patch him in there. Um, you know, talking to Ian last week, he really gave me a lot of insight on what the actual plan was. And, you know, for Tremont to turn – and join the guy who cost him the world title would have been that much right, bigger that of a made turn. Sense. I mean, that would have been. Nuts. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to say that would have made sense, but that would have been interesting. You know what I mean? Like that right. would have. Made, you know, now, now we don't know why or, or for who or for what. I guess that hasn't been explained yet, as far as I know, right? No. Like why hasn't really been explained? Uh, yeah. Um. So, you know, there was that. Um, it was just, just kind of mayhem. It it was all over the place. Um, and, you know, Jeff Cannonball, he's a guy – I really like the guy personally. I think he's a really, really nice guy. Um, he's losing a ton of weight, so he's, he's really trying. Um, he's a guy I really want to get behind. As of right now, wrestling-wise, I really can't. Um, I don't think he's doing out, anything out there that – that, that I think is great, but I think the way that he works and the way that he's, you know, working hard at what he wants, I think eventually he's going to be a guy that's really exciting out there. Um, for sure. Yeah. And you got, like yeah, I said, he's, he's a guy I want to get for. Yeah. And he's a good guy. He's a real nice kid. And, uh, and certainly, like you said, you got to commend somebody for getting in a lot better shape. You know, um, he, he definitely yep. has lost a ton of weight and looks a lot better and, you know, but you know he's he's carving his niche. You know what I mean. His niche might be deathmatch sure. wrestling, and you know he bleeds like a pig. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess he's you know can't complain there. Right. So you know, but the match really had no organization. It was all over the place. Um, last year's Cage of Death was far far better as far as the actual match goes. Um, there's just like a certain rhythm to it. I mean, as, as crazy as that sounds, just as far as a death match or cage of death match goes, there's somewhat of a rhythm to it where you get these two guys working, they do the spot over here, you get a little bit of time. Now these two, you, you know, you, you show the camera to these guys. Now they're doing their spot over there, and you know, there's oh, kind yeah. of a rhythm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, controlled. One of, the, one of the best chaos. examples of that was probably Cage Death Five with a high five versus uh, oh, Team yeah. Zandig or whatever. Like, that's probably one of the best examples of what you're talking about. To me, that's probably still the best cage of death over over all these 18 years or whatever. Yeah. Um, right. I still feel like that. that's probably the best one, cage of death five. Yeah, which is funny because uh, I don't know if you saw, but CZW put up a uh, top 10 cage of death moment. <laughs> and um, cage of death five wasn't mentioned at all. Jesus Christ! Was, it's not like even not on the all. list. It's not, it's even, not on even, list. even on the like list. New Honorable Jack showing up, or like you know nothing. No. Jesus Christ! No. Never heard of it. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, crazy. I mean, most of them were uh, DJ era Cage of Deaths. I mean, they did throw like Cage of Death four in there, which um, other than Cage of Death five, I'm always on the fence of which one I liked more because Cage of Death five had so so much put into it. Because you know the suspended yeah. cage, and there was like eleven people or ten people in the and ring, was, and and it and it had the heat. Like it's it's important too to have like an actual story and actually have 
characters that the crowd cares about and and guys that actually have some good heat build up, you know? Right. And I, I really feel I really feel like that's why the, you know, the one I was in went over so well in 2014, I think it was. So I guess it's probably KJ 16, but uh mm-hmm. I, I just feel like the the heat between the four of us like we had really built up a story over a year and a half like between the saga of the campaign versus the front that led into, you know, his his title reign, and then Biff won the title, and then I stole it from him, and then G's got involved, and you know, it we actually built up to something, and and I'll you know, being as conceited as I am, I'll still argue that that was one of the best uh, story wise Cage of Death, you know, of all time. I just thought that the match really made the most sense. We actually we actually built to different things, uh, you know, especially with the the way the match was set up with the bags, where you know we were constantly revealing new weapons and things like that. You know, well, it I, just made I a lot. I think you more made the count. What's what's that? I think you made the oh, count. I, I made so. the countdown. I mean, uh, what just, was like yeah. the weed whacker spot or something? Yeah, great. I don't know. Just, so just overall, that one that one made it in, but not five though. That's uh, that's crazy. Yeah, I would think that <laughs> anything from five would be in there over me for sure. But because uh, I'm l- I'm looking yeah, down the countdown and I'm going from ten down and going, all right, what is five? Like number one, number two, where they put it? And I get down yeah. to the one and it doesn't exist. <laughs> like you got yeah, even shit. just uh, one, two two bumps for sure from that show really stood out. Ian Knox, Ian his Knox, bump was pretty yeah, intense. And then certainly, certainly to the Lobo, giving the Death Valley Driver to Cashmere and Dewey at the same time. Yeah, it was fucking nuts mm-hmm. too. That was insane. Absolutely insane. But anyway, yeah. back yeah, back crazy. to back to this match. Back to this fucking match. Like I lost <laughs> my mind right from the get go because Drew and Connor went through panes of glass immediately and no sold it. Like like they did it like it was a strong style spot. Like and it, it, uh-huh. I was just like, okay, fuck it. Like, is that what we're doing now? We're just acting like these things don't hurt because in my match, it was a false You know, in the cage of death right. that I was in, it was a close finish. Um, there was like reckless body slams on barbed wire boards, all sorts of shit. Um, what the hell else? Like. You know, everybody was just using weapons and shit immediately. Like, they were just walking around, picking shit up, and hitting each other with it immediately. Like, just, like, you have to build to this stuff or anybody to care, you know? Um, Yeah. I'm I'm looking at all my other little bullshit notes I made. There's a lot of nonsense fucking chair shots. Just, like, nonsense. It was it was such mayhem. It was really hard yeah. to pick out like anything that was really standing out or going on. Well, something I I saw that I was like, wow, that was a crazy fucking bump. That you know really didn't have any anything set up for it. Was they did uh they called it a Northern Lights bomb. Uh, I think Connor. I forget who Connor hit with. I think it might have been Patrick's. But he he just hit this fucking thing off the scaffold into the ring like on nothing just. You oh know, yeah! Like a oh yeah! Off yeah, the top yeah. Of the I remember watching the... that. Oh, oh my Jesus Christ, Christ, dude! And that was—that's how they eliminated Patrick's, right? Yeah, I think he—that was his elimination. I was like, I "Thank so, God yeah. he's done after that." Holy shit! 
Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, he just did it under like a bunch of flat chairs, right? Like he just had some chairs. I don't think out. there was anything there. I thought it was just the fucking ring. I, I mean, he just, oh. you know, it's like off the top of a cage move. You yeah, know? I'm. Yeah, it, he dropped Connor really reckless as soon as he came out. But Dale Patrick, as soon as he hits the ring, he gives Connor some move and dropped him really reckless. I don't remember what it was. But I made a note of it. I was like, man, he just fucking <laughs> killed him. Um, yeah. There was a lot of that going on in the match, man. It was just people doing shit randomly all over the place with no, none of that rhyme or reason or rhythm that you were talking about, you know? Yeah. But, like Joey yeah, comes it, out and he does the dive off the scaffold. And then when Dev comes out, he he comes out, climbs the thing and dives right off the scaffold. Like, I, I'm not knocking either of them for doing it. I'm just saying, like, when you're putting this together, let's not do two things the same anywhere. You know what I mean? Right. It's just kind of like as a creative artist, you don't want to be too repetitive. You know what I mean? You want to do a different stunt to wow everybody, you know? Yeah. That's, I don't know. That was I, a, I'm just really nitpicky, man. I'm just really, really nitpicky. <laughs> that was the thing, too, with Joey that I noticed, like, <laughs> Two or three times in the match, he just climbed the cage and stood, like, on the top turnbuckle holding the cage and did a move, like, off the same corner. Like, he did, like, a double stomp one time, and then he climbed up again, and then he, he – I might have been another double stomp. It was like, well, why does he keep fucking doing that? Like, he just – that was, like, his go-to move. Like, if you learn something in a video yeah. game and it keeps working, you just fucking right. climb up yeah. there and keep keep mashing yeah, him man. out. Yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff just did. A lot of stuff just didn't make sense, and and I get it. Cage of Death is supposed to be really crazy and full of plunder and craziness and so on and so forth. But you just got to have it together a little bit better than that, in my opinion. Yeah, I thought last year they did. I really do. Yeah, and that, and that was a, like a last minute thing too. You know what I mean, like. I think that there was a different plan, obviously, last year as well that didn't pan out for obvious reasons. Right. But, you know, yeah. ha- having that four-way be what it was, you know, I don't think was ever the plan from the get-go. But um, yeah. I'm just that trying, I'm to, trying to think of what else was terrible about this match. Like, and, and, and no disrespect to any of my friends that were in the match. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm good friends with some of those guys. Uh, it just wasn't. It just wasn't good, man. And there's nobody that can really go back and watch that and say like, no, man, it was fucking fantastic. Because you, you know, you're bullshitting yourself. You're totally lying to yourself. Um, yeah. I love that the I love Towards- that the one elimination got totally botched. Like Crane's elimination got totally fucking botched. I was just dying. Like he got thrown through the thing and landed on like a a barbed wire stretcher, and like. They were like, yep, yep, he's eliminated. Say he's eliminated. Like, you didn't hit the floor. You didn't even hit the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then um, some, sometime during, like, the, the midway towards the end of the match, everybody seemed to be calling for glass. Like, the, I don't know where the glass needed to be that everyone had to stand in the ring and go, bring more glass. Bring, <laughs> I need more glass. Yeah. Anybody get that glass yeah, yeah, yet? yeah. yeah. Like, dude, there's sharp shit everywhere, and they're just screaming into the fucking back. Like, it just seems fucking crazy. Faces, heels, everything. They were all screaming, like, bring the glass. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, The the spot that they used for Tremont turning, I thought, went really well. That that looked actually really clean, where he 
he caught the spear and uh, I thought that was probably the cleanest thing in the entire match was the way that they set that spot up. It looked at least designed yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, and then I mean, you, you got the whole the whole locker room out there. They're all standing in the entranceway. They all come out because they're so outraged, but then Tremont just, like, walks through them all. I mean, just kind of looks at everybody like no one wants to make a move because they're, they're not professional wrestlers or anything. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That was, was kind of weird. Crazy, like, but I, you know what? That That's like a stolen spot from something. Like, I can't pinpoint what it is or what it's from, but <clears throat> we've seen this before in wrestling where the locker room is disappointed in the hero. Yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, the disappointment. I know that I've seen this before. I've seen the same exact scene. <clears throat> I, I thought it was cool. I liked the way that, you know, they had everybody out there doing that. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah. like, the the one thing I sort of thought, <laughs> you know, and this is just me maybe uh, taking it too seriously, was, like, if Matt was going to turn the whole time and that was the plan, why, like, why would he put Drew through, uh, through the light tubes? Like yeah, you know, like he, right. I think he gave him like you know throw kicks and punches and make it look like you hate these guys and do what you got to do. But like, why would you put one of them through light tubes if you're going to turn later? You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I just don't think that they're like no, we gotta we gotta keep going with this. We can't let him know it's a work yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, to his credit, I'll say that, you know, it's not like he high fived those guys in the end. They kind of look confused too. Like what what just happened? Right, you know, right, almost right, like right. Uh, Tremont went went rogue. You know, it wasn't like a him teaming up with those guys. It was a little bit more him just turning on his own. So, yeah, I know what you mean. But, uh, but yeah, man. Uh, hopefully, it, yeah. I think I think somebody told those kids that like like right before they went out there, DJ said, uh, "Enjoy because it's like your last show here" or some shit like that. I said, just to <laughs> paraphrase it, like I think DJ told those. Uh, those mid south kids that like you know live it up. This is your last show, kind of thing. Oh, which, which we can so only, too. which we can only hope. You know what I mean? Because they're they're not good. Yeah. They they no, should have never shared the honor of getting to be in the cage death. Like let's be serious. There have been some real stinkers in the cage over the years. Like here here and there, you had to slip in some really shitty guys. But those guys mm-hmm. are the fucking worst. That's like saying, yeah, yeah. do you want to be the main in our WrestleMania? Here you go. Yeah, and that, that's the other thing that kind of, you know, stood out as, as shitty to me is when you had, you know, Danny Havoc and Ricky Shane Page do the definition of what deathmatch wrestling is all about, followed by a bunch of guys in the main event who don't belong there. And again, you know, I I listed who I, you know, I said was, you know, belong there and not. But I mean, just even speaking about those two, I mean, you had Ricky Shane Page and and Danny Havoc would clearly belong in that match above and beyond any, you know, Dale Patrick's and, but uh, I don't know. It just, it seems kind of crazy because you had a clear example of two better guys directly before the match. You there? I lose you. Oh, hey, I'm sorry, but I think I might've hit my mute button there. My bad. Goddamn right. modern technology. Um, yeah. What, what did you, What did you just ask? I, I totally got sidetracked. 
That is, uh, you know, it, it was just crazy because you had like a, a clear example of two way better deathmatch wrestlers directly before oh, yeah. that match. Yeah, I, I think I was just going to say that uh, having talked to some other some of the other boys this weekend that that were there, you know, they also acknowledged that the Cage Death main event sucked, and uh, that Danny and and, and uh, RSP should have been the main event. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The Cage of Death has hasn't always been the main event over the years. I mean, it is in most cases, but it hasn't always been. And uh, you know, they, they probably should have booked it that way, knowing full well that that's what you were going to get. Like, it, it, there's no way that you could have booked that and put that on paper and thought this wasn't going to be some yardy nightmare of a fucking match. And, and again, that's no right. disrespect to the guys in that match that I like. You know what I mean? There's a lot of mm-hmm. guys that I've known in that match for a long time and are my friends that I thought did the best they could. You know, with, sure. With, and but but just overall, it just didn't make a ton of sense. I, I didn't like that at one point both teams were coming back out, like and getting back in the fucking cage. It's like is, we got new rules here where like the teams can just come back out. And oh well, I mean you can't get disqualified anyway. It's cage of death. Like what? Yeah. Like that's you know what the fuck. Now next yeah, year that's kinda goofy. you're gonna have to put you're gonna have to put guys in a cell next year, like so that they can't come back out after they're eliminated. I think in all honesty they need to like next year switch it up and go to either a single, like a, a one-on-one cage death match or you know something more like a four-way like they did last year. Uh, I don't know, or maybe maybe make it for something different. Make it for the tag titles. Make it for, uh, right. you know, make it for the wired championship. You know, it doesn't have to be ever necessarily for the world title, like or 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 a four on four war game style match. You know what I mean? I think it would be really neat one year to see it be for like over the tag team titles. You know what I mean? Like, well, sure. how about we settle this? You know, something. Something gets settled in the cage of death. Um, yeah. But I don't yeah, know. For sure. I, I mean, I, you know, I I only did this for thirteen years. I like, what the hell do I know, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it does make a lot of difference if it, you know, it's for something, and you know, that's that's why for uh, it was one of my favorites. You know, again, like I said, cage of death five had so much put into it. It had a lot in its favor to be called the best, but four was really, really special to me because the the build of Zandig Lobo all year and just the mayhem yeah. that went on between the two of them. I mean, the month before Zandig and Wifebeater had a Wifebeater retirement match, and right. Zandig had to drag himself into Cage of Death four a month later, and right. you know the build that they did, it was insane. Yeah, and, and, you know, those two, obviously, John and Lobo will never go down in history as, like, fantastic wrestlers, but people really cared, like you said, you know what I mean? Like, people were invested in that angle, in that story, uh, and how long it was going on for, you know what I mean? And uh, I I don't know, It, it really did work well. Yeah. Even the amount that those two guys did in the ring, as far as you know, two guys taking you know the crazy bumps in cage of death. Um, I, I always go back to the spot. I even talked to John about it, and um, it, the match was going, and uh, they get up to the top. They got stuff all set up in the ring, 
and Lobo gets Zandig on his shoulders, and you think, like, okay, next they're going into the ring with all that stuff there, and he just turns 180 and dives off the side of the cage into tables that were, like, right in front of us. It was, like, the biggest, like, mark-out moment of my life because it was, like, I didn't see it coming, and then they're coming pretty much at you. You know what I mean? It was, it was insane, oh, and it yeah. was to the floor. And, and w- the tables yeah, barely and, caught him. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. It's it's insane that it happened. It's insane that it's happening in front of you. You know, the stunts that are being performed in front of you are absolutely insane. So, yeah, I can only imagine. And, you know, that that's part of what I fell in love with, too, back in the day. You know, and that's ultimately what helped you, helped me decide, like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm gonna, I, I want to be the one that's doing that crazy shit and creating these experiences for people. You know, yeah. so it, it it is intoxicating, man. It's pretty nuts. Yeah, and I know you know back then they did have the luxury of because now you know how how do you shock fans that have seen everything? You know, back then right. you didn't quite see that angle. You didn't really see that coming, and you know they did a quick you know change of direction and boom hit the spot and holy shit I've never seen that before. Now. You know, I'd even have my eyes open going, hey, maybe he's going to turn around because I've seen that. You know, it's just uh, it's a little harder to shock people these days. But, again, they had that advantage back then because a lot of it was new. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, that's all part of everything nowadays and how information can kind of just spread like wildfire and people can do things instantaneously now. And, you know, I, I because I remember – he, as long as short as my career was and how not that long ago it really was like you were saying like I, I remember having to wait till the next month to see my match if I wanted to watch the last show or if I wanted to like get my tape and have somebody sit down with me and watch it and give me some criticism or you know what I mean or help me get better you know nowadays by the time you get home your match is online almost you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean like between people that filmed it on their cell phones and posted it to Facebook and tagged you and guys that create gifts and so on and so forth. Like by the time you get home now, like, you know, you can see most of what you did that night, you know, and it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy, but it it, it makes, it, it makes for like this insatiable appetite of the fans to constantly want and need more. And really, that's why, you know, everybody you know, especially wrestlers, are glued to their cell phones with their heads down, whether they're walking at the gym, hanging out, or whatever. Because all of that is, like, such a big part of, you know, being relevant in today's entertainment industry. You know what I mean? Like, you don't get to just show up, work, like, do your magic tricks, and go home. You know what I mean? Now, now being famous or being an athlete or being an actor or a musician, it's a full-time friggin' job, you know? Yeah. But, uh, that's just my two cents. Yeah, it's, there's definitely a lot that's changed about, you know, everything entertainment-wise, you know, with the with the internet and everything. And I, and I guess it works positive and negative because you can get yourself advertised and get your name out there a lot easier, but the same token, you got to watch how you conduct yourself because you're blowing your own angles. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially with like all the friendship bullshit we were talking about nowadays. You know what I mean? Um, 
Yeah. But, yeah, there's some really, also, really bizarre. It, it, yeah, and for me, it also creates the like the dilemma of, okay, well, I'm I'm Johnny Wrestler, and I I have a Facebook, a Twitter, and an Instagram, and all this and that, but so do you. But and you're on there eight hours a day, and I'm only on there four hours a day, and it, it like gives you an edge over me. You know what I mean? Like the more that yeah. you might be doing that sort of stuff and interact people and retweeting and yada yada and and doing all that proverbial internet blowjob bullshit, you know, uh, it, it, it does really give somebody the advantage. You know what I mean? And you can, you can sure. pick and choose anybody now from nowadays that seemingly has succeeded because they're a, a Twitter darling or an internet, Facebook, social media darling, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely changed quite a bit. Uh, hey man, is there anything else you want to, you know, ran about or you know put out there <laughs> well, covered the I mean, uh the cage of death pretty well yeah i think so too man uh thanks for having me on i i don't think there's anything else i really need to get out uh all right but as i mentioned before man life is good uh you know i definitely miss wrestling sometimes but then you know for for several reasons that we talked about tonight i really don't miss it you know <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Man, things are on the things are on the up and up. Looking forward to the holiday. You know, hope you have uh, a merry Christmas and all that shit. Yeah, man, you too. I, and you know, also on the upside, you're not going to get hit with a roll of toilet paper anytime soon. You know, so that's <laughs> exactly, exactly. You can and check that out. You know, and I won't be in any more cage of death, and that's okay by me. Yeah, man. Well, you know, I appreciate you coming on. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll be talking to you. Yeah, buddy. Be good, man. Take it easy. All right. You too. So there you go. There was Sozio. It was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed having him on. Go over this cage of death with him. Um, And, uh, yeah, check out my boys over there at the Hot Tag. I believe they're doing their thing tonight. Not really sure. Shaheen had, like, his fucking basement flood. He just spent, like, fucking 10 grand on his basement flooding and uh you know he's got a lot of mayhem and shit going on over there so uh check out the podcast i'm sure if you check out the uh hot tag group page over there you'll you'll find out whether they're doing a show tonight or not i don't know because i'm doing this one but uh check out their archive i'm sure they're gonna do a show sometime this week if not tonight um uh, check out Sports Den. They're talking about all sorts of sports. Uh, we're headed towards the fucking NFL playoffs. Uh, my team's got one win. So guess who's not going to the fucking playoffs? Um, and what else? Um, I think that's about it. And it's fucking Christmas on Sunday, too. That shit is coming up fast, man. It's insane. Um but, you know, is what it is. Uh, or, you know, if you listen to the show before, you know, goddamn well, I'm looking for my outro. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Christmas, fucking next week, uh, New Year's, the whole deal like that. Um, I'm off on Christmas for the first time in a long time because uh, I work every day but Sunday. And, uh, you know, this year, uh, Christmas falls on a fucking Sunday. So, uh be home the whole day. There's only two football games on all day, so all the fucking football is gonna be played on Saturday when I am at work. And 
you know. So, all right. Well, anyway, uh, I'll check all you motherfuckers out next week, and uh, that's about it. All right. I love all of y'all, and uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good. Black Cheese tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you got to say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I got to hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. The Cusa Kick Radio. Jesus! So say good night to the bad guy. I'm going to tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no fools.